Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Whale Nurse Podcast. This is episode number 54. I think it's 54, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And my name is Slater, and I'm here with Eric and Caitlin. Hey, everyone. Hello. And we are all inside. We're all on lockdown. Yep. Bobby Brown. House (laughs) arrest. Yeah, pretty much. Well, I'll tell you some bad news. What? My trip to Mexico got cut short. Oh, I know. I had eight more days of awesome whale watching with blue whales and maybe fin whales and maybe humpbacks and for sure gray whales. Well, Eric at least, didn't go. At least you got to go. Hey. <laughs> I know someone that was – the day I left, someone was um, – Delaney citations was actually she's like I'm supposed to leave tomorrow to San Ignacio I'm like well I highly recommend not going because everything is like well the camps were shutting down too true yeah like because it all their people are canceling so there's no reason to stay open so they all want to go back they've all been there for they all go there for a couple of months so they all want to go back to their families in like La Paz and stuff seems like we're most of the most of the people I think except for the drivers are from La Paz. All the drivers are from like San Ignacio town, it seems like. Yeah, most of the locals. Because they have like first dibs, you know what I mean? I feel like Just a lot of the Cuyuma crew is from that area. But yeah, I mean, it's hard. Ecotourism is one of the, you know, one of the first few things to go. You know, it's <laughs> not an essential, as much as we love our jobs, it's not an essential business in a crisis. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. We're all um, exploring the world of unemployment. <laughs> I can't even collect unemployment. I know. That's a bummer for being a business owner. <laughs> what business? There's nothing left. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so, well, I'll start I'll start by talking about my trip because um, yeah. it was flipping awesome. We, uh, the first, the first day we got there, we went to like a little whale museum in Loretto and the guy has fin whale jaw or fin whale like jaw and like the whole head and then he has um uh say whale and he has most of the whole say whale I think um and then he also has a sperm whale uh like full head skeleton and then he had some uh, he had half of a Rizzo's dolphin half of a wide side so dude guess what this guy's <laughs> museum half of it caught on fire when? So he lost like half of his bone. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't ask that. But yeah, half of it caught on fire, and he has a roof that's made out of um, God, what's that type of palm tree? I forget the name of it. It's like the big fanned one, you know. Mm-hmm. Queen They're, palm. Maybe I don't, I'm not sure. No. Palm. Uh, maybe maybe with the S. I don't know. Anyways, yeah. So half of his like stuff is missing, and that got like got burned. So he has like artificial, you know bones there to make up the rest of it oh you know he also had a pygmy sperm whale too oh, that's cool um, and i think some beaked whale a uh, beaked whale bones maybe or something um yeah so we went to like a little seminar 
which was really cool. And they talked about, oh, oh my gosh. So he he started with showing photos of every single animal you can see in the Sea of Cortez, like in the area where we watch for the blue whales. And I'm like, stop showing them this. It's like killer whales, sperm whales, like everything oh, that's ever gone through. Oh, killer whales, yeah, Rizzo's. And, and, <laughs> and then he's like, sometimes when we have the Rizzo's, we'll get pilot whales at the same time. And I was like, oh, gosh. And then as soon as we stepped out of this, um, uh, what's it called? Anyway, as soon as we stepped out of there after he was done giving his talk, we I, I wanted I told the people as we were walking back to, to our walking to dinner, I said, Hey guys, just so you know, don't expect to see all of that. We're really shooting for like blue whales. Um and they were like, Yeah, he really he really sold it. So yeah, but um the the next morning we got out on the whale watch and it's a five hour whale watch and we had blue whales like 10 plus blue whales and honestly if we kept going probably more but we're in a ponga you know so we're only gonna go like we saw like the first four or five um and then we do a full day of that and then after that we went to the estuary kind of looked at some birds which i saw a little blue heron which for my first time which is really cool um a green or yeah a reddish egret um and then completely unrelated to that area i saw a tri-colored heron yeah, I think a tricolored heron, which is really cool. Tricolored oh. egret or heron. Yeah, and it had literally like half blue on the back, half red on the black, and then white on the front, which I've never seen, which is pretty cool. Um, and then the second day of whale watching, we had like only like five or six blue whales, but then we had two fin whales. No, three fin whales, two really close to the boat and one off in the distance. And, oh, we had bottlenose both days. So that was really cool. And big numbers of bottlenose. And we actually saw them all over. Like we saw them where we were watching the blue whales. We also saw them in front of Loretto. And then we also saw them around the island. Uh, it's called Isla Coronado, which is where a, a volcano is. And I believe it last erupted 12,000 years ago, it said. 10 or, 10 or 12,000 years ago. Um, also, there's a sea lion colony on that island as well um yeah so that's it for that first half oh we saw a huge group of blue-footed boobies like 15 <laughs> of them all together which was pretty cool on the rocks um yeah and then we were trying to go to san ignacio but it, it rained for 30 hours straight and when it rains there it's like the desert so it just the whole thing flooded yeah it's like a mesa so the whole thing flooded and so our trip got delayed one day. And so then they took us on like a little, that little island tour to Coronado. And then on our way back in, we had a breaching humpback, um, which I was telling the people because they were kind of bummed that they were missing a day on the lagoon, you know, because it, you lose out on a full day of gray whale watching because we had to go and, you know, wait another day. And I said to the people, I was like, sometimes when we're late on a trip or, you know, things get pushed a little bit further, that just means animals like, like gray whales, for instance, are just going to be even closer if they're migrating north or south, right? Like we might run into them even closer. Well, we happened on our way in. We had a humpback that breached like 40 times. So that was pretty awesome. Then we went over to the lagoons and had an amazing time. We all got to pet a whale. Um, tons. Of, it was like all, pretty much all mom and babies. The, the guy was telling me that's definitely his favorite time to be there is the end of March. Because it's, it's like – he said that he th what he thinks happens is they go – because it's like a 17-mile lagoon, and he said they go like almost all the way in the lagoon, the mom and babies. 
Uh, only thing is that they can't go super far because the tide does come out. But I think they come out with the tide. Uh, but he was saying that, like, what happens is he feels like they kind of nurse back there, and then as they like as the season goes, they slowly make their way out to the entrance, and then they start practicing in the like the waves, and they mm-hmm. they'll swim up and back up and back, and because it you know it's a like good workout for the baby going yeah. against the going against that the waves there and then uh they head up the coast back to alaska but yeah it was it was the gray whale part was super awesome we all got to pet a whale uh we all we had multiple friendly encounters almost one a day um i think people expect you to like only have friendly encounters but there's a lot of like spy hopping and surfing and all sorts of stuff going on actually we were about to have a friendly encounter or it came from our friend's boat we had a you know we got split into two groups and the full the gray whale was coming over to ours then bottlenose dolphins swooped it up and took it away and then he started rolling around the dolphins (laughs) did you see the bottlenose in the lagoon like every time you went out too yeah, pretty much every, yeah. almost every, actually every trip we did, 100. Yeah. percent He said that this year he's this is the most bottlenose he's ever seen because it's been a really in a while since it's been a really good sardine year in that lagoons. So uh, we had some parasitic Jaegers in there as well. Yeah. He said that the only time they get frigates because it's like really far north. He said the only time they get it is when they're about to have a storm coming from the south. Mm. or something or and it pushes them up yeah yep so that's my big whale watch adventure nice oh wait let me tell you so it it rained it started at 1 a.m on our last night and we were supposed to make up we were supposed to have one whale watch at eight in the morning when we woke up it started raining at 1 30 rained all the way to the morning and then we and then we we woke up and the whole camp was flooded, like the whole camp. So, and we they give you boots in the camp to wear, because you have to walk out into the water sometimes getting on the boat. And I look out and there's like six shoe prints to the to the bathroom, right, to like the little outhouse thing. And then we all get into breakfast and the lady comes in. She goes, "Man, I tried to go to the bathroom last night. She didn't even put her boots on, and she stepped in the mud and walked all the way through the mud." <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty funny, and so, and they oh. looked like big prances because she was sinking in every time. She wore her flip flops, and I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. So the whole camp was flooded, but they had to get us out of there because people had flights home the next day. So yeah. we, um, our our van tried to make it in that was supposed to pick us up, and three cars were stuck in front of him in the little road, and they got stuck in the mud, right? So he couldn't pass through even if he wanted to. And and then he tried to reverse to go back to San Ignacio town to call our guy, and he got stuck in the mud. And then so then he, he someone helped him push him get it got him out. He called us. We had to take a big yellow school bus, and they they drove as far as they could. Then they flipped it around and reversed as far as they could up to the mud. And then we had to walk our luggage like a quarter mile oh, in the mud. Wow. Yeah, so it was a pretty it was a really fun adventure. Like. A lot of things didn't go as planned, but they ended up being so much like more fun. Good. Yeah. Um, Eric, how were your sightings before you got locked down? Before the world came to an end, um, yeah. it was actually the, it was really picking up. It was getting really good. Great northbound gray whales, uh, you know, are were uh, awesome. You know, we kept on getting those trios, you know, and all that little 
anky panky stuff they usually like to you know start doing and then uh humpbacks are showing up lunch meeting on anchovies and stuff like that so things are getting really good and then yeah uh yeah we got the call to you know to stop so that was it and then you know it was already slow because of all the travel issues so we had a lot of free time so uh hung out big sir saw a whole bunch of animals off the cliffs and uh ran up to san francisco last week to check out more of the harbor porpoise and stuff like that so yeah that's that was it. a cool the... shot the yeah. shot you got of the mom and baby the cow calf yeah. that was cool yeah so i got to see those harbor porpoise and it's kind of kind of fun knowing that doing that animals just start showing back up the early 2000s and disappeared for about 60 years <laughs> yeah have you seen them every time you've gone yeah every time i've gone i've, I've been able to uh, to see that's them that's crazy yeah yeah. Do you sometimes have to walk like way across to get to them, or they're like it's like no. you just go to the middle and they're I, always there? Yeah, I I don't think I've even most of the time I'm not even even to the middle yet, and I'll start seeing them. You just gotta go when there's tide movement, oh. uh, and that's what you do. Yeah, there's some wow. gray whales that were wandering the San Francisco Bay too, but I didn't see those. But I know San Francisco whale tours has been seeing a few before they had to stop running too. Yeah. So that's about it. Grays are still people just walking the beaches right now, trying to get outside. Are still seeing plenty of grays going up our coast. We're probably missing. We're probably going to be missing a lot of cow calf pairs and possible yeah. predations of all this going on. Well, Scotty also posted a photo of a big humpback group feeding last night from um, Point Pinos. Did you see? Yeah, those yeah. If you look at the background of those photos, yeah, you can pretty much a lot of whales see what's in that photo. Yeah get some binoculars and just go out there and, you know, and check them out. Yeah. Well, I had some pretty crazy sightings before we had guests. Um, we had some good <laughs> groups. And um, one day we got into the dock from one trip and our one of our sister ships like pulled into the slip next to us and was like, hey, we think we see um a mom with two calves and we were like what so they <laughs> called our research department and they went out to try and figure out what's going on and they thought maybe the calf was separated so it was like it was the wildest thing this female what what we assume this female with two babies one was way bigger than the other one was getting swamped by this competition group of like 15 whales and they like kept circling the boats and like chasing the boats and using the boats as screens. And then at one point it almost looked like the female tried to ditch the big calf under our boat. We just like shut the boat off and sat there cause we didn't know what else to do. And so, mm -hmm. um, the bigger calf, like the mom came and did like this hairpin turn next to the boat with the little calf on her back and the bigger calf got shoved under the boat and the competition <laughs> group was like chasing all of them. Uh -huh. And then um, they, like, took off and, like, went past the research boat. And then, like, the calves got hit into the air by wow. other humpbacks. It was like, what is happening? And we couldn't tell if, like, <laughs> it was a separated calf. And, like, all the adults were like, go away. Like, we're not your mom. Or uh -huh. if it was just, like, a really aggressive competition group. And this was a female with, like, a calf from this season and a calf from last season that was still following her. 
Hmm. Because then the next day, they, and previously in the season, someone, a naturalist had reported what they thought was a yearling and a, um, and a mom with another calf um, Mm -hmm. in the same area, but no one was able to follow up and like get drone measurements and stuff. So we were kind of like, uh, we'll see. Um, But then the more they started to like study the interaction and the more we kind of watched the whales over the course of a few days in that area, I think it might be a female with a yearling and with a newborn. How crazy. Which is so really trying to, trying to ditch that yearling, huh? <laughs> Probably. Well, I don't know if she necessarily was ditching it or if, like, <laughs> she was just trying to escape the competition group and, like, didn't know what to do. Or I, It was just – it was total chaos. Like, I said on the microphone to the people, I was like, I'm glad our research department is here because there's no way I could recreate this encounter for them in any way that makes sense because, like, it's really uh-huh. hard to tell what's happening. But, yeah, I saw multiple times a calf got shoved in the air by another adult. Like, kind of <laughs> like when killer whales bat them out of the water, like, hit wow. gray whale calves out of the water. They, like, uh-huh. punch the calf off of its head. And, like, oh, my gosh, it was crazy. I've seen uh, – I mean, not seen – I've heard of them, people in Maui telling me that they are with a calf one second, and the next second the mom just holds her breath and is gone. Like, <laughs> yeah. they said – and they're gone. Because – you got to think about it. Eventually, there's going to be one that wants to stay at home, right? Like, that yeah. doesn't want to move out. So, yeah. I mean, it makes so, sense that sometimes they follow them all the way back. Yeah. I want to look up, um, like, I want to take a few days and try and look up what the rate of occurrence of yearlings is in the breeding grounds. Because that's, like, a new concept to me that I've never really noticed. But I have seen yearlings at the beginning of the season. I saw some um, with mom. So, I don't know. I want to look more into that. Um, but as far as other sightings, um, I didn't work too many whale watches after that because a lot of our trips started to get canceled because people weren't coming to the islands. Um, but we did have lots of manta rays off and on, even from my shore based shifts. I could, one day I saw four from Wailea Point, like just sitting there doing an outreach station. And then my last <laughs> snorkel trip of the, uh, of the season we did the order of the trip backwards so normally we go to Molokini and then we go to the south shore of Maui for turtles but we went to south shore first and Molokini second and we were like the only boat in Molokini when we were there because everybody else did it in the normal order and there was a monk seal inside the crater sleeping and so we were um we were tied up fairly close to it but we only had 40 people on the boat and so my job was to lifeguard the monk seal so no one swam close to it while it was napping. Mm. <laughs> I <laughs> so wonder I, what... I babysat a monk seal for my last shift. <laughs> I wonder what the... Like, they, they, I wonder if some animals have been like, wow, there's like no boats on the water right now. I'm sure the whales... Like, there's still there. shipping lane. You know, the cargo ships are still going yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. But, there's I no mean, as far ships, as... There's no tour yeah, boats. Yeah, and like, I wonder if they're just like, what the heck? I think they're probably like, finally, geez. <laughs> but like, I wonder if they're just like, where'd they all go? <laughs> I feel like, don't touch it, enjoy the quiet time. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, I'm losing it, dude. I like, I, it's just the thought of knowing that I can't go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Brian Pham asked me if I wanted, to, or he didn't ask me if I wanted to, but he, he's like, I think I'm going to go like look for sharks at Marina or something um today 
we were yeah. gonna, I wanted, I was thinking about going too, but I don't know. Yeah, do some things to get fresh air. That's for sure. Hey, we went to a cinnabar. I get up early in the morning before it gets hot here and I go look for birds. Why aren't you snorkeling it up, dude? Turtles don't mind. The visibility has been really bad. I have gotten in, but you can't see more than like five feet right now. We have a big west swell. <laughs> five feet of visibility in Maui, geez. Yeah, and I don't really want to like have something sneak up on me when I can't see what I'm doing. So Yeah, yay tiger sharks. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, like- maybe, maybe next week. I'm not going to look for Grunion tomorrow night. Oh, I got a um, I got a magazine in the mail, and it's called SWAT S O W S W O T. Have you guys heard of that? No. It it's about turtles. Oceanic Society, I think, is the people who make they they are the people I believe that make this um, and it, it's all about the sea turtle statuses and it shows them like maps of all all the stuff about them, and there was a picture in here of a turtle. And on t- first off, there's a picture in here uh, where a jaguar meets a turtle. Oh yeah, Costa Rica probably. Yeah, uh, yeah, maybe Nansite Beach. Um, and then another cool picture is there's a uh, is it a hawksbill? There's a turtle and it has a a, a, a Nazca booby landed on it in the sea. <laughs> <laughs> like how how is someone diving with a turtle and sw- like yeah, look at this. Wow, it's like oh, and it's, really a, cool. it's a it's a it's a below no, and yeah, um, <laughs> no sea turtle is an island. That's so funny, huh? But yeah, Nazca booby rests on the back of an olive Ridley's turtle. I mean, I think <laughs> I told you guys this before. I may have even said it on an episode, but um, I have a photo of a western gull standing on a mola mola. I have to find it. Oh, I have something I want to bring up. So. They do in the camp. The guy gives a speech, and there's a lot. There's a lot of researchers that go do the gray whales every year down there. Like every year they go. Like your professor, what's his name? Jim. Oh, is there Jim? one named Bruce? Bruce Paint. Yeah, does he go there too? Mm-hmm. Uh, he used to. He's supposed to be retired. Um, I think he I went there this last year for his last year or something. <laughs> so, anyways, he anyway. So he was telling me that. I don't know who he was talking to, and he and he totally said like this is not true at all. He's like this is just my own thought, and he was saying that basically the sound that the gray whale makes at the frequency is the same frequency of the echolocation of dolphins, and he was like basically saying like maybe they don't echolocate as precise, but it's like. It can do like basically three feet, and that's how they know how like where to start scooping good mud at. I don't know, but he, he was just making it up himself. But it, the guy was saying like that this the the same like it's under the same frequency as echolocation, but they don't have a melon or anything to bounce it back to, right? So I mean, there's yeah, there's been talk about this uh, possibly, you know, Mr. Seats using echolocation for quite a while. Um, even if you look at the the skull shape of um, of Mr. Seats, it's almost like like a cone or almost like a, like a satellite dish. They think they can possibly, 
even like pick up some vibrations and stuff just because of the shape of their skull so it's been talked about yeah it's yeah. a different it's a different like hearing pathway though because the lower jaw yeah. is not hollow and full of that fatty tissue on mississites like it is on odonocetes and that's what yeah. like echoes the sound up but yeah a lot of people speculate that because the gray whale makes like a little knocking sound that does kind of sound like clicks i mean that's like their normal call so i guess they have like six different calls though yeah, they make like this creaking sound and this like knocking sound and this little squeak yeah, thing yeah. and yeah. So I asked him, I said, Hey, do you guys ever put the hydrophone in here? And he said, No, because there's so much pistol shrimp in the water, all you can hear is the shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> and and then he did say that the whales are really vocal during the day, like so loud, and then at night they're like super quiet. And he said maybe because they're trying to talk over everything at night. I don't know. I mean during the day they're trying to talk over all the noise. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the water's visibility, like, can't see more than three feet or four feet. Yeah. So I'm like, and they do, like, out of nowhere run right into each other. Like, I saw two adults go right towards each other, like, <laughs> one surf down and another one. And I'm like, does he know he's there? They're just going to run into each other. <laughs> so, oh my gosh, the calf. I got a photo of it. We can't, like, it's just, you have to be in person. But the calf completely slumped. It's like, dorsal rib or like knuckles and then fluke right on top of the mom's head but like not for like not for one second for like a minute it just laid it on the head of the mom and was just laying there like lifeless on top of the mom and then it came back over to the boat and then like the mom we, oh we were like splashing the water the mom went right under us and we were hoping because we didn't have like a full we just had the calf that was playing with the boat and like petting it you could pet it the mom didn't come up and it, it went it like totally teased us it like started to come up and then it just kept going straight under the boat and then popped up on the other side but it was awesome nice it was awesome yeah, I mean, I think that there's still a lot to learn when it comes to Mr. Seats detecting prey and what they can and can't hear and how, you know, like, we don't, we don't know. We don't know. Um, any other sighting stuff or should we go into whale news? Uh, uh, <laughs> sighting talk is going to be pretty slim. One more thing. <laughs> thing. The, um, so he was talking about how, like, he thinks... A lot of them give birth on the way down or in front of the lagoon or wherever, right? But he thinks that a lot of them also give birth way back in the lagoon there, um, and no one goes there. So, but I, the only thing is, is so he, I asked him, I was like, and nobody's ever recorded a birth? I was like, just get, you know, you want to get it from everybody because it's just no one has, right? He said the only thing he's ever found was a placenta there too. Interesting. In the back yeah. of the lagoon. Some, I, mean, I don't know where. He just said, like, in the in the lagoon somewhere. You can't go whale watching there. You have to whale watch in the front. You guys have been there, yeah. you know? Yeah. How, how cool is it that at the edge of the lagoon, they, they radio the guy that sits out there, and then on top of that, every single captain in the lagoon has, like, a three-day period there. They all switch off. Um, yeah. Even the, the two captains we were with have both done it already that season. Yeah, they have to um, control the number of boats in the zone. So you have to ask for permission to enter, and they have to know who's coming and going. Yeah, but that guy that's standing out there is a captain. And so each company that is there has to send their captain there for three days. Yeah. It's their own little governor thing because yeah. the, the, basically the government said, if you don't like come up with regulations, I'm going to have to, and I don't want to because I don't know anything, you know? Yeah, and and so then the wrong thing. Yeah. Yeah, and they're like, he's like, so I'm going to make it bad for you <laughs> if, if you don't tell me what you want, which is kind of what we're trying to do here in Monterey, right? 
we were trying to do. Yeah. I think so. uh, a lot of those things have had to fall by the wayside because everybody's ceasing operations. But yeah, I mean, that's I always would say if you have a responsible industry that can self-regulate, then put them on paper and, and show people what you're doing and be transparent about it. That way you can maintain a high, you know, operational standard. But yeah. We digress. Um, so there's some whale news before everyone stopped whale watching. Although there's still whale news happening, it's just more shore based now. Um, Talk about your the the birth. Yeah. So let me pull up the date. Oh, oh. On March 16th, I think no, March 14th was the first sighting of the female that was giving partial birth. They recited her with a calf. On March 14th, so that's six weeks later. The initial birth was documented on February 3rd, and um, mom and calf both look healthy, and it looks like the calf's about the right size to be six weeks old. So they think that's her calf that they documented her giving birth to, and like somehow she disappeared for six weeks, but here she is still in Maui with that healthy little baby, and they're fine, which is so crazy. But they looked so hard that day. I'm just wondering what happened. How did it disappear? I mean... Well, they said it was rough. They said it, the yeah. Noah boat was the last on it, and they said that it was too rough, so they basically I wonder where it in. swam to. It wasn't... I was out that day. I was actually in Maui that day on the water when that happened, and it wasn't that bad, but maybe it swam to a rougher area? Or yeah. The wind, I mean, the wind did pick up later on. If they, if they swam, like north and west from where we were like out into the to the channel between molokai and lanai like Mm -hmm. it gets really rough there um and they could have just been in that channel the whole six weeks no one really goes there like Mm -hmm. we went there on february 7th i didn't see any mom and calf pairs but i think we may have been the only commercial boat to go over there unless it was fishing because the only boats that go to molokai are for the fuel barge and for supplies and the seas what is it safari spirit cruise line um but yeah there's there's no one going over there and so once you get a few miles north of lahaina like no one's really looking so they could have just been hiding this whole time (laughs) because there was definitely when we got out towards Molokai, we had two or three mom-calf pairs on the 7th. None of them were only a few days old. Um, so, like, there was whales over there. They definitely could have been over there. Other moms were doing it, so why not? But that was pretty exciting. I really thought that that calf was a goner. Like, yeah. she, it took so long to give birth. It was, like so blatantly obvious in front of other boats. I was like, this can't be normal. Like, something's wrong. But there they are. I still am not sure if it's normal or not, but they both survived. <laughs> and that's the good thing, yeah. Well, if that boat was following the whale, they said, I think they believe, I believe they said six hours Noah boat was, like, following them, and then it got too rough wherever they went to, right? Well, yeah. maybe they just didn't want to give birth because there was a boat there. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much control an animal has over that. I, but whales also can control a lot of other things in their body that we have no possible, like, reference for, you know? So, maybe. I don't know. I doesn't want to be in that much pain anyway, so 
probably like, I'll just ditch this thing and go, <laughs> keep going if I have to. I would feel like you'd want it over quickly, but who am I? Who um, knows? The whales probably eat like a puffer fish and give them like a pain reliever or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I wonder. Okay, so there was, I showed you that puffer fish spine, Eric, and you mm-hmm. identified it. Well, mm-hmm. I wonder if the dolphins are the ones that are messing with it because there's bottlenose everywhere. And I believe off of Mexico, those are the ones that have done that where they grab the puffer fish and the toxins get them high. Maybe that's why they're all washing up. Or something's messing with them. They explode like the sea lions and they explode. But you know what I mean? Puff up and then they get blown into the beach. That's my other theory. Yeah. Never know. In, yeah. In Hawaii, we're experiencing the same issue with puffer fish. So. It, they think it's a disease or something or a toxin in the water that's interrupting their ability to, like, retract their muscles. Um, a lot of them are – are they, like, like the whole beach covered? No, but – Not it's the whole beach, reported, but a few. It's been reported off and on for a while now that there's puffer fish, like, that can't retract their muscles and they just get stuck floating at the surface. So. <sighs> oh, there was a dead bottlenose dolphin. Did I show you guys the pictures? On the no. beach, there was a that. T- that turtle shell. You could, there's there are so many bones in well, San Ignacio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The but there was, was a dolphin. Uh, probably like a month. It, it was pretty gone. It was gone. It was like the head was like still had some, you know, um, stuff. stuff. Yeah, Me. but the t- the teeth were like perfect. It's like they were just perfect little teeth. Cool. Yeah. Neat thing about San Ignacio, yeah, there's bones everywhere. If you look harder enough, there's fossils all along the beach too, like <sighs> right along the, the edge, yeah. Oh, uh, I wanna just let me take home something. <laughs> like just a gray whale rib, dude. Like put it on my wall. I could put it like two as an X or something. <laughs> in your house. Or in your suitcase. It would have brought my big suitcase. I was supposed to be there for seventeen days. Oh. Yeah, Margaret was supposed to come too. No, she wanted to. She had work. Oh, I thought she was going to come for the second week. She could have because it got can- work got canceled here. Yeah. I called. I called. So how funny is it that there's in if you go sit in the yellow school bus, put your phone up on the dashboard and leave it for two seconds, you get three bars of service, and <laughs> I could call you guys in the camp. And I call Eric, and he says, "Stay in Mexico." His first words are. Either stay in Mexico or don't come home or stay in Mexico, yeah. I think. <laughs> and I was like, what now? Because, like, every time I got a hold of Margo, because none of us had service, you know, I, had, like, had to report back to my group of people, like, okay, well, now this is shut down, and now this is shut down. And and then they were like, all, all these people are retired, so they're all like, okay, well, we'll extend our trip another week, another two weeks. They were all supposed to go to La Paz, and they were supposed to do Magdalena Bay, La Paz for whale sharks, um, uh, a sea lion colony, and then something else. And then they they only did one more day, and then they issued the like, if you you need to come home, if you otherwise you're gonna get stuck. And so they all had to come home. So that's kind of a bummer. Yeah. I would have just stayed retired, no nothing to do. <laughs> <laughs> and they were with their there was like couples, so you know. So there was some other whale news. This was from March 9th in Chile. Um, Some say whales got chased into a shallow bay. It looks like two say whales originally by some killer whales. And 
What does it say? Puerto Williams Bay, Navarino Island, Chile. And um, the killer whales chase them in, and the say whales tried to escape on the beach. And the bigger one got out, and the little one was, like, stranded on the shore, and the killer whales were, like, still harassing it. Um, let's see. I think they both... Video taken by the Chilean Navy shows the whale stranded near the southern tip of Chile on Monday, but the whale eventually managed to work its way out of the shallows and swim back into the ocean. But then it sounds like maybe one or two other whales were, per were like, permanently stranded. So that's pretty wild. There's a couple different videos. And, yeah, looks pretty crazy. I'll see if I can post it on our Facebook page so people can check it out. Because it was... I'll have to look at it, too. Pretty wild. Um... So I asked if they've ever seen any killer whales in the lagoons in San Ignacio. Yeah. And the guy said 1996 one time he's seen it, and so that and he's been working there since then. That was like his first year. And but just in the front, they didn't go like all the way in or anything, but they had killer whales right in the mouth, which is pretty crazy to think. I wonder how loud are the shrimp inside the lagoon versus outside the lagoon. I didn't stick my head in, so I don't know. Maybe can't, like maybe it's too loud. Maybe that's the other issue is they can't really get a good sense of where oh. the heck they are because it's too noisy. Maybe that's why they like that spot. I don't know. I mean, I know it's subject to tides and the bathymetry is pretty um, tricky to navigate, but like, how could you fit hundreds of gray whales in there and not have a killer whale get in there and do something? You could totally see like the gray whales will go into spots. Where they're kicking and their fluke is at the surface and they're hitting the bottom like the mud. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's crazy, dude. So crazy in there. Way different than Magdalena Bay. Like, way different. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's a thought. I mean, if it's so loud that they can't even get recordings, maybe it's too loud for the killer whales to be able to do anything effectively. And it's not that deep. Like, the, the, the average depth in there is 45 feet. That's true. They do. They do work better in deep water yeah so. um i have three other pieces of whale news um one was that dwarf sp sperm whale video that i sent both of you guys it was like a dwarf sperm whale in a harbor and it was being harassed by a seal or a sea lion and the poor thing launched itself up onto the rocks and then when it slid back into the water it expelled all its ink from its like modified bile duct that stores um ink from its diet i think we talked about this on one of the episodes of weird whale facts episode maybe like episode mm -hmm. five or something yeah well in the beginning but yeah dwarf and pygmy sperm whales can both pull ink from the squid that they eat out of their digestive system and store it and use it later for when they get startled they like expel it which is pretty wild i think that's so cool <laughs> Just watching how much it actually released was kind of crazy. I thought it'd just be a, a, like one little like blip of it, but yeah, it was pretty Dude, It's been storing it for decades. <laughs> yeah, that'd be something to try and investigate. <laughs> like, how long can they store it, and how much can they store, and like, is it the same composition as the ink from a squid? Because it honestly looked more like blood than it did like ink mm -hmm. when I first watched it. But I don't know. Right? Don't you think it looked more red than normal squid? Yeah. 
that's why that's why that post that you shared with me yeah it's straight out in big bold letters says this is not blood because <laughs> you know people are <laughs> like they type before they read like yeah. why would you post something like this yeah exactly yeah and then if you was are it, in- was it in africa or australia i don't know where it was actually not where it was yeah i saved so- it I think I'll see where it was. I'll look it up again. Yeah. I think I saved it. And then if you're in Massachusetts, I know they've told people to stay home, but if you can practice your proper um, social distancing, they are seeing right whales from shore at um, in Cape Cod around Race Point. And last week, they had a harp seal on the beach at Race Point. In Cape Cod, what? huh? Wow. Yeah. I love harp seals. I mean, that was harp. like so wild Arp. i didn't i don't know how often they see them um come down that far but yeah one of um one of my friends went down there and she saw it speaking of right whales did you guys see the parasail boat over the right whales in oh, yeah. the gulf of mexico yeah, in the gulf side so the guy swung them over just like they would do you know in southern california over a gray whale which they don't need more thank god but they swung the people over the whales, <laughs> and the video footage was actually pretty good from the cell phone of a mom and calf. It, they definitely looked like they got startled too. Yeah. It, or they were just rolling around at the same time, but yeah. yeah Can you imagine pretty... that's the whale you get swung over and you have no idea, like something so rare. Yeah. So is that new for them to be in that side too, or they usually go there? I... I think they have sighting They've been in there, yeah. from there, but it's just not really common. Yeah, they look so cool from the drone. Yeah, there's only a velocities on their head and stuff. Sperm whales show up in a Gulf every now and then, and there's a really small population of uh, was it say whales right there? They had say whales and Brutus whales that they yeah. see in there. Yeah, it's a tiny little area that they hang out on, just straight, just a little. Um, on the west side of uh, Florida, there. I just forgot the name. It was like a canyon area that they just kind of yeah. hang out there. Unfortunately, there's a lot of seismic stuff that happens there too. Yeah, because of all the oil. But yeah, was it Brutus whales or say whales? They're they're because they're one that washed up in the Everglades. Remember, and they were super concerned because that population was so small. Yeah, they they see both. I think the Brutus whales might be a more of a resident population. Yeah, it's a tiny population. So the pleats on. Yeah, oh shoot! Eric cut out. He said it's Brutus whales. Oh, okay, so um, I had no service in the camp, and I was listening to Spying on Whales for the fiftieth time, <laughs> and I, I went back to this the, the the part where they talk about going on the Icelandic ship and because they wanted to get. To study fresh, like a fresh whale, because usually things decay really fastly on whales that have washed up on the beach, right? So, or decompose really fastly. And so they were looking at the pleats on the Roracle whales and how if they, that there must be muscles in there and they can contract or let them out. Because otherwise, when they open their mouth, they would have so much drag, it would like blow it out. Yeah. Um, So they can actually like. Cause, and then you got to think about it. They also got to be able to push it back out. So it kind of makes sense that that's not just like doesn't just balloon out like a pelican. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it like undulates. If you see underwater, yeah. 
Um, it like yeah. Or from my drone video, remember it where it goes. Woof, woof, woof. Yeah. What do they call them? They call them like springy tendons or something. They just put out a paper only a couple years ago about it. Yeah, everything's springy in there. Even the nerves have this amazing ability yeah. that the stretch in there. And don't forget that that little glob in between the the two uh, the mandible right there. Yeah, that, gel. that's gonna regulate the the animal can probably regulate the flow of water and kind of make minute adjustments so it doesn't do any damage to itself or at least know how much water's in its mouth and how much food's in there. Yeah, yeah they, they, like, I remember when the paper first came out, someone had a photo of two people, like, pulling on one of the folds, like, yeah. to sit. I was like, oh, that's kind of yeah. morbid. Yeah. And also Me really and cool. Eric saw the hump back up close, and you could see how thick each one of those little pleats is. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. <gasps> Well, friends, what are we going to do with our time in isolation? Read books about whales, listen to books. You guys, I really want to go to Cerro Baena. Down in the Atacama? You know why? Why? It's where my friends are at, and from the Eocene. (laughs) (laughs) That's where the Basilosaurus and the Pachycetus are. And did you guys know that there was a walrus? There was like a walrus style. A walrus uh, whale. Yeah, but there was like literally the same bone structure as a walrus, but not in the Arctic. Yeah, they were right here off our coast, yeah. Yeah. Science. Pretty cool. You're going to figure out how to go back to the Eocene while you're in isolation? Yes. Would you guys go? (laughs) I'm scared. Are vi- the viruses there? Maybe. There's probably different viruses there. Yeah. I bet it, we wouldn't even last like a day, huh? There's no shots for that kind of that air. There's no vaccines. No. Would we live by something? Our bodies made antibodies over time after lots of people died, and the survivors passed them on to the next generation of humans. Um, the well, humans make one for the coronavirus. For the vaccines. Um. Uh, is the atmosphere the same? Like, would we be able to breathe? It's pretty close to what it was now. Uh, you no, know, well, then the oxygen was a little higher. That's why they think some things grew bigger. Um, oh, okay. But there were certain areas where, yeah, if there was, especially if there's volcanic activity, you probably have higher levels of sulfur, which means you probably wouldn't fare too well right there. Yeah, to bring a mask. Hi, if we're going to go back in time. <laughs> Well, I don't know if we should go to the future. <laughs> there might not be a lot left. Uh, I don't know about that either. But let's just take it one day at a time. All right. Eric, I guess until April... Dude, there's no way that April 8th is just going to start back up again. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not going to happen like that. That, like, it's the 23rd right now. And looking at the calendar, like, dude, that just seems like forever away, the 8th. Yeah. <laughs> But, but like, how fast everything's happening, it's like, oh, my yeah, gosh. Yeah, stuck in a house for a week, and it's already, like, so I'm like, oh, my God. I will tell you, I got a pretty crazy comment on TikTok. I, I posted a video of petting the gray whale, and I said, I wish I didn't have to leave these whales, but I have to come home now. And someone said, stay in Mexico. You have a coronavirus? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Just rude. What a wild assumption. Yeah, and now the baby gray whales have it. I don't think so. They probably, 
They're probably immune to it. Probably. Probably won't cross into whales. You know what I didn't see on the whales? And I was really looking. There wasn't very much whale lice. Really? Yeah. Like, just in the, like, blowhole and the genital area. And, like, there just wasn't a lot. There was, Maybe it's just all the baby gray whales were just super clean. Like, barely yeah. had bar- any bar- – the mom had barnacles, but she didnn't come close. Yeah, because like, yeah, they're young. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I know. But still, I figured there'd be a so- little bit more. Cause towards they're the not- yeah, they're not losing skin that quickly when they're that little, so they don't really have a big population of lice. Someone thought that the they were like the baby gray whale was upside down so you could see the ventral grooves, and someone was like, oh, my God, look at all those scratches. <laughs> They do get scratches from rubbing on their mom's barnacles, but, yeah, they do have those little grooves. Yeah, and to be honest, they also get scratches from the bottom of the boat from barnacles. Same thing. Yeah. But they said most of them are more likely from the mom because it's not like they rub on the boat all day. They come for, like, you know, 15 seconds and then leave. Yeah. But they said that they do definitely get them. Dude, the baby was just pushing the boat with his head. I'm like, dude, you're going to bump. He was bumping his noggin right on the boat. (laughs) Oh, cute. All right, you guys. Well. Yeah. How are you going to keep a podcast about whales going when you don't see any whales? Yeah. Uh, I think we should shift our tactic and, like, research topics and talk about them. Like, little TED Talks or something. How about School of Caitlin Taylor? Yeah. I'll say some fun facts about things, and then you guys ask questions. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, We'll try and do as many episodes as we can. We don't have a lot of things to go out and see, but no one else does really either. So we'll just take it one day at a time. Wash your hands, please, and stay inside. Obey the recommendations from your local government so (laughs) we can get ahead of this thing and we can all get back out on boats and watch whales. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. We appreciate you sticking with us. And we'll come up with some cool topics. We got nothing but time now. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, everyone. Bye.